You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, August 19th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Staff Writer over at Just Baseball, really great website that I think everyone will enjoy. Go check that out, my baseball homies out there. Or if pop culture entertainment is a little bit more your thing, you could check out my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Crit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, of this here Lockdown Padres podcast, you can check out and follow Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, though, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have. And I'll do my very best to get back to you and maybe even get back to you here on the show. If you actually send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app and leave a little, little question in the review section of the review duh obviously that was a weird way to word it uh i guarantee you i will answer it here on the show because i like bribing everybody for five-star reviews uh today's episode guys is brought to you by locked on mlb join walking baseball encyclopedia paul francis sullivan but please call him silly every day on locked on mlb for a unique look at the majors both past and present featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from locked on mlb network's team of local experts subscribe to locked on mlb today on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast guys today's episode first of all i'm not feeling too well so it's a good thing that i had a little crossover in the bank with miller and thomas of lockdown dbax which is going to consist for basically the entirety of today's episode right firstly let me just talk about yesterday's game awful padres 14 and 17 since the all-star break they finished their season series against the rockies 8 and 11 which is a joke they are a cloud show if you saw my videos on uh twitter pretending to be the joker joaquin phoenix going down the stairs uh, in the Joker movie, uh, it's just been awful. It's just been awful. Will Myers is the only bright spot. He does hit two home runs in this game, including, by the way, like a two-run home run, which is great. Uh, the only one who seemed to be, you know, in on this game, three RBIs on the day. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. It was just awful in every in every way that you could imagine. Um, Jake Arrieta makes his debut, three and a thirds innings, giving up seven hits, uh, which resulted in five runs. He's not good. Like, he's not good. I understand that the signing of him was probably just a desperation move to be like, hey, look, we need someone who's just going to throw innings at this point. Because Lamette, Paddock, the seemingly stunted uh, growth of Mackenzie Gore not even pitching at all whatsoever, Ryan Weathers being terrible, the fact that all of that combined means that the bullpen is really unhealthy, and then you Darvish on the IL, and then we all know Blake Snell is susceptible to just blowing up after three innings. So it's just really bad right now. It's awful, and as of right now, it really looks like the bigger thing that Padres fans have to look forward to do is just watching Tatis and just hoping that he can keep boosting his stats that way he can win the MVP. Because I don't even know if this team's going to make the playoffs. I don't even know if this team's going to win more than like 87 games at this at this rate. You're losing to all the bad teams in baseball, right? This is supposed to be the easy stretch where you start a run, and you haven't done that. You just haven't done that. Not enough players are overperforming. Not enough people are stepping up for all the injuries and all the other people who aren't performing all that much. It's just not happening. I don't know what to say. Uh, but I'm going to leave it at that. Jake Arietta, not a good pitcher. 7.13 ERA now on the season, 1.78 whip. You guys want me to break it down anymore? Because I don't want to. He's a terrible pitcher. 
He's also a bit of a jerk on top of that. So it was a poor signing. And as I mentioned in, I think it was Tuesday's episode, the signing of him going over well in the clubhouse is a great example of why just listening to players can be often a a ill-fraught strategy. It can be a bad strategy to do that. It just can. It's awful. You know what I mean? Like, they just think because he's a veteran and he's been good before that they love that. It's like, yeah, of course they do. They ignore the fact that he's a bit of a jerk, and they ignore the fact that he's terrible. He's awful. Go pick up Aaron Sanchez. He might do more for you. I don't know what to say. I don't want to say anymore. There's nothing more to say. Hopefully they can keep it up against this... Not keep it up. Hopefully they can reverse the trend against this Philadelphia team starting this weekend. But otherwise, guys, we're minced, mate. We're absolutely minced. And there's a lot of people to blame uh, for this. And But I don't want to blame it all on Jace Tingler, because I know people have been doing that as a manager. But I blame a whole lot of people. I think AJ Preller deserves some blame. I think the fact that the roster is just hell-bent on wasting the season from Tatis, seemingly. You know what I mean? With, with rare exceptions. With rare exceptions. Everyone just seems hell-bent on being like, let's just all stink. All of our starting pitchers, even when they are healthy, they're just like, let's be awful. You can't even be league average right now. Jordan Montgomery of the Yankees looks better than you guys. Andrew Heaney had a more clutch performance than any of the Padres pitchers in the last like month or whatever. It's awful. It's awful. Uh, so without further ado, guys, now that I'm done talking about it, I don't want to talk about Jake Arrieta ever again. I'm so sick of mentioning that. I mean, it's just it's just such a dumb side. I just didn't understand it to begin with. But we'll see what happens, guys. For now, talk with Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks. Here we go. All right, back on the pod once again. You saw him before this series started, Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres, but now we got him on the pod post-no-hitter, post-series loss. Javi, how are you feeling right now? Not great, man. <laughs> Not great at all, dude. It's been, um, it was a pretty nightmarish weekend uh, in basically every single way. I talked about this on my pod on Monday. Um, but just to reiterate for your folks out there and my mm. folks too, who might've missed, you know, Pomeranz out for the season, Darvish heading to the IL and he got killed in his last start. Granted he was hurt, but like, you know, he suffered that thing, but only two and two thirds innings, I think it was in the Thursday game. And then on top of that, uh, what was it? What else? What else for you to happen? Oh yeah, that's right. They got no hit by a guy making his first start, which hadn't happened. I think since before what, like, 1953. Yeah, 1953. So like before the Cold War era, apparently, is the the last time this happened. So uh, it's not good. And I think it's compounded and it shows you how poor things are for the Padres right now, because this is a team that and I joked on the Twitter account about this, you know, originally Fangraphs had them ranked as and I think somewhat justifiably as the number one rotation heading into the season. Uh, all of a sudden has to sign Jake Arietta, who is not good and not great uh, and a little bit annoying too. So that's, that's kind of where they are. And um, I'm, I'm in a land of confusion and sadness. Uh, I used to be mellow about the team. Now I'm a little bit more like just clinging. I'm just clinging to life right now. I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to find the nanotech boxes to give me some okay. extra health, but I can't see them right now. You know what I mean? There's nothing in sight. Yeah, that's tough because, I mean, the D-backs have been dead in the water for a few months now. But for once, they're on the other side of history. I mean, we've seen D-backs make history, longest road losing streak in MLB history. But now, 
Tyler Gilbert, you know it's been a long time when the last person to do something is named Bobo. The last person to throw <laughs> a, a no-hitter in a starting debut, Bobo Holloman, 1953. It's happened four times in Major League history, but the other two times, pre-1900. So the only person that saw it was probably Paul Francis Sullivan of Lockdown MLB. Shout out, Sully. So uh, there there's, hasn't been a lot of people around to see things like this happen, and it was a magical night for Tyler Gilbert. Family in attendance made his Major League debut earlier this month. I was glad to see the D finally come out on the winning end because knowing the D-backs, they probably, you know, the way this season has gone, uh, it felt like Gilbert might have given up a hit in the ninth inning or maybe uh, something else happened with Tori Lovello. I was fully expecting Tori Lovello to pull Tyler Gilbert for the ninth inning and put in like Matt Peacock or something to give up five earned <laughs> runs and let, let the Padres come back into this because that's how the series has gone. But after this weekend, was the game the lowest point of the season? Was was the Bumgarner domination the night before the lowest point of the season for Padres? Was the series? I mean, I I, w- I don't want to speak for you and your, you know, the Padres nation, but for the yeah. D-backs fans, I could definitely say this was the high point of the year. That's a fun, like, Oscars category for the Padres this year. Like, what mo- what was the down moment, right? The down moment, I think the nominees, the other, it's it's obviously uh, our, our, our boy Gilbert here. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously no hitting them not to throw any shade who knows maybe this is going to be one of those somewhat interesting not even really interesting not like he was a hyped up prospect but like <laughs> a guy that comes out of nowhere who knows maybe three years from now now i'm hoping that gilbert has a great career because then three years from now if he's an all-star i'm like hey we happen to be the first victims what can i say but if he's just a scrub for me right out i'll be like oh that, that's even worse so that's obviously the nominee and then the other one is probably like the 24 to 36 hour period uh, involving this, you know, at the trade deadline for the Padres, which mm. we talked about on our last crossover. And then on top of them not making a move for a big starter, which you could, we could debate and relitigate that on whether or not they should have. Uh, right now, it looks like they, they probably should have. But uh, on top of that, in the game that night, uh, Tatis getting injured, that was uh, uh, absolutely awful. And on top of it, it was my birthday. So it, was, it wasn't great. But uh, definitely the Gilbert moment was... It just feels like it's because the Padres have, out of all the NL contenders, the worst record against teams below 500. And this really kind of enforced that. Now, I've always said that, you know, a month and a half ago, they dropped like a couple dumb games to the Nationals before the All-Star break. That's a little different. Like it's it literally before the All-Star break. You know what I mean? But everyone's a lot of people are complaining about that from the Padres. And my thing is, well, it can reverse. We still have time. You know, we have a whole nother half of the season to go. And well, the whole other half of the season is underway and it's still those same feelings of playing down to your competition uh, seem to be happening with the Padres and uh, basically every sense. Um, and it's, it's nice that Tatis came back and saved what little hope we had from the weekend. Just an absolutely, I mean, truly Miller, like just unbelievable yeah. stuff. Like <laughs> that's the stuff that stars are made from. And I really enjoyed the, everyone just kind of shushing a little bit for the Bryce Harper MVP train. I really find it convenient that everyone, just ignores that he too was out with an injury for a while. Like everyone's just kind of ignoring that. It's like, like, don't get me wrong. I actually am one of those people who thinks if the Phillies win the division, like, absolutely. I think it's really neck and neck between the two, especially if the stat discrepancy isn't too great, but everyone just got on this Harper bandwagon thing for a little bit. It's like, guys, you know, Tatis is projected to be back, right? Like he literally is. It's not like he's out for the season, but I guess that's what happened because people aren't following it maybe as closely as I am. But uh, yeah, in general, that was basically the only good thing from the weekend is seeing him come in and hit the two home runs. He even gets a, a single to start. Was It was a double to start. He does a little yeah, dance double. at second base. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's hope, I guess, with, with this team that now all of a sudden might very easily concede the wild card spot to the Reds. 
Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. But don't worry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save money and time using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, their Honda Odyssey fuel pump, it's only 216 at Rock Auto, but 353 from a chain store. I like saving money. That sounds pretty good to me. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, reliably low prices for every customer, and they have everything you can need for brake parts, tail lamps, to motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto part needs, guys. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. A basic selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, do you love to order fish when you go out to eat but never make it for yourself at home? Cooking restaurant-quality dishes at home starts with high-quality seafood and simple techniques from Wild Alaskan Seafood. They deliver high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your subscription anytime, and they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company, and right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Remember, that's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a Bryce Harper train for MVP, and I guess mm. it makes sense. I'm looking at Harper's numbers now. Like, they're pretty pretty incredible. But, yeah, mm-hmm. Tatis' numbers are better across the board. But you can always play the game, uh, the games played game, I guess, with both of these guys as yeah. if, you know, did they play enough games? Tatis is probably a little bit tougher because he's only at 88 games right now. So even a guy like Bryce Harper has almost 10 games on Fernando Tatis, which mm-hmm. is not a huge discrepancy in baseball. But looking at the standings, I'm looking at the wild card standings. Mm-hmm. Padres only two and a half games up on the Reds right now. And I didn't know it was that close. I mean, I know the Reds yeah. have been kind of floundering, been getting hot more recently in the last couple of months, but I know they've been kind of an up and down team to start the year. Uh, but it seems like Luis Castillo is finally back on track after a pretty rough start to the season. So how worried are you about the Padres potentially missing the playoffs to a team like the Reds on their heels? I'm very worried. I've been worried for a while because I think what people what got overshadowed now, what I love is now everyone's kind of picking up on this fact. So people who are probably listening to this are diehard baseball fans have probably heard this being tossed around because people like Jeff Patson wrote about it for ESPN. They mentioned on a bunch of articles. I think I saw some of the SB Nation at The Athletic, I mean, I should say. And people kind of bringing up the thing <laughs> about how the Reds have like the easiest remaining schedule of the teams in the National League while the Padres have the second hardest. Mm. Um, and that gets forgotten a little bit because, you know, hanging out the All-Star break, you got Miami again. Then you got Colorado. Then you got Arizona. Then you've got uh, currently Colorado again. Then you've you had Miami twice or whatever. Bottom line is they haven't played anybody any good until this upcoming series against Philly. And even Philly, it's not like they're a rock star team, but they're certainly better than what they've played recently. So it wasn't being talked about enough, in my opinion, that they really need to perform during this stretch. It's not like they won three out of four and got no hit, which would have been somewhat hilarious, by the way, especially if it happens like on the Sunday game where like Tatis comes back and then the no hitter happens. That'd just be weird, but it's not like that. This isn't, it's, it's not just that they got no hit. 
in a vacuum by the worst team in baseball. It's that they got no hit by the worst team in baseball when they really need to win. And they just, this isn't what playoff caliber teams do. They don't have their top guy looking basically mediocre ever since the sticky stuff cracked down. And on top of that, before he can start, maybe build some momentum back. He has the first good start against you guys. Then he gets hurt. And then Musgrove, that's the crazy part. He throws a no-hitter earlier in the season against the Texas Rangers. It's the first in the Padres franchise history. And then the Padres get no-hit later on in which a game that he started. And I think that he just had that one really bad kind of blow-up inning. But nonetheless, it's still not a good team. You shouldn't be having – you shouldn't be making the D-backs look respectable. And I mean that in the most respectful ways. They're just not a good team. So you shouldn't be having – you're going to drop games. You're going to. It happens. I think the White Sox this year have this weird bad record against like, what is it Detroit or Seattle or Cleveland? One of those teams, like a, a not great team, and they keep losing to them. Like it happens for great teams. No one's doubting that Chicago is really good. It's just that the Padres consistently keep doing it. And it's compounded by the fact that they didn't do anything to address the starting pitching, which look, I love AJ Preller. I trust him. I still trust him. I'm not going to hate on the guy, but I'm hope, I hope, you know what you're doing, man. You know what I mean? I hope that this is this is going well because right now my thing is like, you didn't do anything. Now all of a sudden we have to bring in Jake Arrieta to hopefully fill in innings for us. This is supposed to be the best rotation in baseball. And look where we are now. Yeah, you should have brought in Merrill Kelly at the trade deadline as I've been beating <laughs> the drum for. But yeah, I mean, the Padres are definitely, you know, scuffling a little bit right now. I think what made it, you know, I think if you were no hit by like a bum garner as Zach Gallon, it wouldn't have been as tough of a pill to swallow. You still never want to be no hit, but mm-hmm. at least it would have been like, all right, Gallon, he's a you know, he's an ace of this team. Bum garner, he's been a World Series MVP. But Tyler Gilbert, 27-year-old rookie, never starting before in the major leagues. Like it, it was just something that you read out of a storybook, out of a you know, a script out of a movie. So to see that happen against the Padres, a team that we had such lofty expectations for entering the season, I think is what made it so confusing or, or, you know, just hurtful if you're a Padres fan, honestly. So I was happy as a D-backs guy to see it. I was like, finally, we get a series win against the, the, the Padres. We get a Bumgarner great start against the Padres because he struggled against the Padres in recent memory. And I just know you hate Bumgarner, so I was glad to see him <laughs> get a dub against the Padres. And the D-backs, they've been playing a little spoiler in the second half. Still, their record, I think, is, I'm trying to look at it here, 12 and 15 in the second half. So Nothing to write home about, but considering there were 26 and 66 in the first half, 28% winning percentage, I think a 444 winning percentage in the second half will make a lot of D-backs fans very happy. And all of a sudden, Gallon, Bumgarner, Kelly, and now Gilbert, we might have the best four-man rotation <laughs> in the NOS heading into next season. So we got to see what happens with Tyler Gilbert. If this He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Millard strikes back. <laughs> we're back, baby. After that series, we're feeling good again. Who knows hey, how many how many games are left? Uh, I don't know. What what are we at right now? Like one twenty one, something like that. Probably. How many games? backs only twenty and a half back of. The, <laughs> <laughs> I don't division. know, man. If they just win every single game, they might make a oh. a point. I mean, it's a wild card, actually. Never and mind. look, 20. just just hearing your excitement, like this is gonna sound so patronizing, but it's like <laughs> okay. to a degree. I'm at least like if the Padres are gonna get no hit. At least like I I because baseball isn't, and I feel like you and I have talked about this so much. It's so miserable to be a fan of bad teams in in, in baseball because in football, it's like, 
all right, you just have to deal with it once a week. And you mm. only do it like in the, now going to be 18 weeks. And in basketball, usually when you're a bad team, though, there's at least that like one player, usually like a draft pick or something like that. Yeah. Or you or you get to look forward. You have this perverse like watching of them where like you're hoping that they keep losing. And it becomes more fun because, yes, the, the one draft pick could really make the difference in the NBA. For baseball, mm-hmm. it's like if you're a fan of the Rockies right now, if you're a fan of – I don't know who else is in the, who's in the AL West right now that I'm forgetting, but what well, well, bottom line is if you're the a fan Rangers. of some of these, the Rangers, there you go. Like if you're a fan of some of these teams, it's like, what am I supposed to do? I only know, I know that we might be good in three years. We might be tolerable in three years. Like that's just such a tough pill to swallow. So I remember seeing you post your little video. I didn't appreciate the sham Diego Padres uh, <laughs> hashtag. That was totally uncalled for and uh, just, just unacceptable. It's why I didn't retweet it. I mean, I kind of did. I quote tweeted it with the Padres account. But hey. I didn't retweet that. For if you didn't put sham Diego Padres, I would have retweeted it. So that was just totally disrespectful. After offering you my, uh, my love, you still just spat in my face like, that. you got overzealous i guess but uh no and, and all seriousness it was look just trying to remove myself from it it's why sports and baseball is you know in, in particular could be so incredible like no one in their right mind would have had most people won't pick the Padres to get no hit at all i mean think about the teams that have got no hit this year you know it's like it's the the rangers twice the mariners i think twice and then the indians twice like very kind of lackluster teams it doesn't surprise you but then the padres especially when they're in the wild card hunt and they're having the reds catch up to them even when the reds aren't like on fire or anything it's just it, it drives you mad it drives you mad man and you know right now i think they're, they're, as we're recording this they're playing against the rockies who is another team that they like to make look like they're the 27 Yankees, apparently, the, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, it's 1-1 right now, bottom of the third. Uh, but it's just, ugh. I really think, I really do think that the signing of Jake Arrieta really is like the, that's what, if you're an outsider fan, that's a really good summation of what's going on and what's wrong in, in Padre land right now. Yeah, once you're grasping for the straws of Jake Arrieta, who's got a year, right? Almost at a seven. I, I think you would rather just go with, a, you know, maybe someone from your minor league system or something like that. I mean, I know Jake Arrieta has big league experience, but the man just hasn't mm-hmm. been very good. The dude hey. is like what <laughs> old, too. You know who'd be great right now? Luis Patino. But unfortunately, they gave him up in the Blake Snell trade. Um, so that's rough. And Mackenzie Gore, the reports that are coming out is that's very unlikely he pitches for a while. He's still got this blister problem. So, yeah, it, it man, it's it just like a lot of things have gone wrong. And I, I saw MLB like ranking the power rankings for top 10 teams in baseball. They had the Padres at seven still or maybe it was seven or it might, might have been eight. And my thing is like, dude, I could argue that you could put some other teams in there. I, I really do. I think that. Everybody just likes the Padres and remember 2020 and they know that they have Tatis and Machado and Grisham and Pham and Cronenworth. They look at like the the stars and I think they don't realize that they've actually been playing really poorly lately um, and that they're they're not matching the roster on paper right now at all. And since we're so far into the season, it's not like, you know, we're 40 games in and they're like, all right. Let's relax. Darvish will be fine. And Darvish did pitch well at the beginning, but they think, oh, Snell will be fine. It's whatever. Let's trust the things on paper which is what mm-hmm. I always do. You got to at some point trust it is baseball after all. Um, but unfortunately the Padres are proving some of the people who panicked about them early, uh, proving them right right now. And I hate proving people. Right. Yeah. And it's <laughs> hard for me to get like too mad at Preller. I mean, Joe Musgrove yeah, was a great, that's move. the thing. I mean, like Musgrove, everything Cronenworth fam Grisham. I mean, like people have to remember that was like a, I know that Xavier Edwards might turn out decent for Tampa, but it's like, 
they gave up Hunter Renfro. So that part isn't even part of it. And then you look at, you get fam who's a pretty good player. He's been in the slump for a while, but the biggest thing from that is Jake Cronenworth. And then they basically just robbed Trent Grisham from Milwaukee. They would love to have him right now. And they basically stole, um, what's his face? Joe Musker from the pirates. So he, he's been the, like the one consistent pitcher basically for the team, especially yeah, so, except for this past series. So Preller makes the moves. Yeah. Some of them have been worked out in hindsight, but if you go back, you know, in real time, you would re you would repeat any of these deals, even in hindsight. So you still got Musgrove. You're hoping Darvish can get back to form, get back to healthy Blake Snell. I mean, I think I'm just going to write off Blake Snell for the end of the year, unless you're, mm-hmm. you know, having, home playoff games. That's the only way I would trust Blake Snell in a playoff scenario. But Nelson Lament, like he was someone we expected to have a pretty big role on this team and be, you know, a frontline starter. And he hasn't just, he hasn't been healthy the whole year pretty much. Right. He's only started yeah. nine games this season, 34 innings pitch. So it, you didn't expect to basically have a lost season from Lament. You didn't expect Blake Snell to all of a sudden become one of the worst pitchers in baseball. You didn't expect a, a crackdown on foreign substance that would take out your other ace pitcher in the middle of the season too. So I think there have just been some unfortunate circumstances that got against some of these Padre moves, but I think even with hindsight, you still redo that Snell Musgrove. I, yeah. I think you still redo all those deals. Mm-hmm. And look, they, they still got as much talent on paper as any team outside the Dodgers, probably. I mean, you could compare them to the White Sox or pretty much any team in baseball, like from the rotation to the lineup to the bullpen. They match up uh, pretty well with just about any team in baseball. So, yeah, the Padres are struggling. Yeah, they're they're scuffling a little bit here. But uh, I, I would still, if I had to go to bet online and place a bet, I would bet on the Padres still to, to make the postseason most likely. I, I don't think I'm a big Cincinnati Reds guy, but I do like their – I mean, I don't know why the two Reds guys aren't getting talked about more for mm-hmm. MVP stuff with Jesse Agreed. Winker and Castellanos. Agreed. Like, <laughs> those two guys are balling. And I think – I mean, I know Castellanos has missed some time, but I think he still played over 100 games – Winker's played like 120 games and he's still having some uh he still has an insane stat line too so I'm not too uh worried about the Padres too much hold up a minute hold up a minute hold up a minute Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, you got baseball season in full swing, but they also have all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, you got you got NFL coming up, and all your UFC MMA action before the next pitch. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use that promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. But that kind of brings me up to my next question. Like we saw Tatis come back. He's playing a little outfield right now, and he came back. He was immediately good, you know, as we talked about. Uh, He had, what, two home runs in that one game? So, yeah, Tatis is a stud, and you you say Bryce Harper is in the mix now for MVP. Maybe he's the leader of the hype train right now, but if you had to go to bet online and place your bet, do you think Tatis is taking home the award at the end of the season? Uh, honestly, yeah. I also think people just really want it, want to give him the award. And remember that there are human beings that vote for this. I think that the whole thing that's going to come down to is if Phillies win the division and this, the because I would say that I predict, and I think most people would agree that Tatis' stat line is probably going to be better than Bryce Harper's. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's better, but only like, yeah, it's better then I think that if the Phillies win the division, then there's a very good case for Bryce Harper. I've always been a proponent of that. We've talked about this before, that unless the discrepancy is like, you know, an 11 war versus a six, 
then my thing is like, let's like actually look into this. What was the story of the season? And if Harper comes back and joins this team and, you know, we're, we're all, we like bring up numbers and stuff, but who knows what that does for the clubhouse, what that does for the, the rest of the lineup. We don't, there's, these are still human beings that play the sport, but if there is such a large description, uh, discrepancy between the two, then my thing is like, I don't care if the Padres kind of don't make the playoffs because it would be very weird if all of a sudden baseball writers decide now is when we care about the record. You've given Mike Trout like seven MVP awards and they haven't made yes. the playoffs for it. There we go. Yes. Oh, Miller strikes back. Reach the truth, Avi. <laughs> so it's like, I actually beefed about this a little bit of basketball this year where it was like, oh, so now is the first time ever you guys cared about the seeding not mattering. So that's why I put Steph Curry third. But anyway, we won't have to get down that, go down that road. But I think that that would be a little bit unfortunate if they did that. Um, do I approve of you know, counting the wins and not, I'm just saying like, let's see how it pans out. It's not over yet. Guys can make a run. Absolutely. Tatis can go bananas. He can just go, you know, super saiyan. He can do everything for the next uh, month or so. And so can Harper. I think it's going to be fun. And honestly, I like that Harper's doing well. I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. I think that it's just so weird to look back at how he was called the chosen one and kind of like being the LeBron of baseball in the sense that he's drafted when he's like 16 makes his day debut so early and all that and and i think part of it is because there's a lot of like forces that went against him on his come up in a lot of ways i think i mean i mean this is a guy who like his first like start just because he ran really fast when was pumped after his double people got mad at him it's like what and then it's like cole hamels being like welcome to the big leagues and throws at him intentionally so it's like part of his upbringing but this isn't a bryce Harper podcast um so that's 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 basically my perspective on it um but obviously you know who i'll be you know, rooting for in this kind of MVP conversation. Yeah, I think Tatis basically just has to get as many games under his belt as possible mm-hmm. because I don't think the record is going to be too much a difference. I mean, they they might finish between two games of each other. So even if the Phillies win the division, the the Padres still might have a two game lead on, on the Reds, uh, regardless in, in terms of uh, better record. So I don't think it'll make too much of a difference. I really think the biggest stat that matters for Fernando Tatis is games played because right now, even though he's only played eighty eight games, he still leads the NL in home runs, stolen bases, slugging, OPS and OPS plus uh, he's going to be a league leader. He's going to be top five in pretty much every category and still lead uh, half the, the major offensive categories too. So I don't think there's really a, a, a big strong argument for not giving Tatis the MVP award outside games played, but do you apply the same logic they use for Tatis and Bryce Harper in terms of team record to a guy like Shohei Otani, who's going to not be on a good team and he's in a pretty close race with Vlad Guerrero? Uh, I think that the Otani thing is officially no, like unless like he craters in one area, this is a genuine like I do not care if they don't make the playoffs guys no one's done this. Let's stop overthinking this Vlad tough beat my guy you know what i mean like it's a tough beat like any other year you know what i mean it's like being in the same supporting actor category with jk simmons and whiplash you know what i mean like it's a tough beat like you're just not beating that right you're not being your heath ledgers every now and then just becomes a a generational performance from shohei otani again if the batting falls off which has a little bit uh post all-star break for otani for sure but at the same time his pitching has picked up he's gotten better a little bit as a pitcher in the second half so my thing is he's done both he's at he's like the major league leader in home runs Guys, please don't overthink this. Give it to the guy who's doing both things. We've never seen this. Um, and Vlad, again, it's just a tough beat. Not to mention he's a DH. So it's like, not only is he just doing batting, he's also not doing much in the field. So it's like, let's let's give some props to Otani and also give props to Otani for, for the speed. 
You know what I mean? This is a guy that also has speed on the base paths at the same time. So that's kind of uh, how I view it. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, pretty much the way we've seen Mike Trout roll, I, I've kind of just thrown the record out of the window because I feel like Mike Trout has kind of broken that mold where your record doesn't really matter. So for Shohei Otani, I basically feel like if he could keep, you know, 90% of the production he's done this season over the next 10 years, I think he should be the automatic winner of the MVP award pretty much the next 10 years. I mean, Vi Guerrero Jr. might win the triple crown this year and it should still be unanimous MVP for Shohei Otani because not there, there's no other player in baseball that's literally the ace of their team and the home run leader and uh, a potential stolen base leader and leading them in slugging like Shohei Otani just does way too much for his team and if you put him on any team in baseball he would easily be the MVP of that team because of what he does on both sides of the plate uh, or the mound at the plate I, I don't even know what you would call it so Shohei Otani is definitely the MVP I think of the league and now you know with Kyle Gibson going over to the National League as you said Shohei Otani has been picking it up pitching wise in the second half is there a possibility that this guy could come home with the Cy Young award too not impossible, not impossible. I think there have probably been a couple of better pitchers. I think Garrett Cole has probably been a little bit better. And uh, Carlos Rodon, I think, uh, for, I actually haven't checked a lot of American League pitching stats uh, in a while. It just feels like the National League has more interesting pitchers right now. But like, no, yeah, I mean, Caprillion of the A's could could absolutely do it. He's like a little dark horse candidate, but um, I, I don't think he gets both. I would root for it, though. Don't get me wrong. And if he keeps on the current pace he's at, then it's going to be a fascinating conversation where it's like, this is going to be nuts. Like this guy might just come up with all the awards. You know what I mean? It's going to be like a, uh, I, I don't even know, like a moonlight. No moonlight didn't win that many Oscars. I don't know why I keep doing the movies cross referencing. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that today. I, and also I hate the Oscars. So that's another thing, but uh, yeah, I think that it would, it would take a little bit more, but if he keeps on his current pace, it has to be brought up. And also because it's not like there's another, there's too many super dominant pitchers in the American league right now. Yeah, and I don't want to hear like, oh, he's only pitched, you know, started 25 games, so you can't give him the Cy Young. If a pitcher can only start 30 games and win MVP, I, I think it's a little bit talking both sides out of your mouth if that's going to mm -hmm. be the argument because I, I just firmly believe pitchers can't win the MVP just because they don't mm -hmm. affect enough games. For me personally, I just need more than – if you're pitching 60 games half the season, then yeah, but just to only affect 30 games and maybe, you know – be responsible for 27 of those wins, assuming you have like six crappy games. So I'm just not in on pitchers winning MVPs. But right now in the American League, there's two pitchers with an ERA below three. As you were saying, the National League is a lot deeper with pitchers this season. Uh, they currently have eight guys with an ERA below three. But you want to take a guess at the two pitchers in the American League with an ERA below three, Avi? Is it Rodon and Caprillion? Is it those two guys? Number one, Lance Lynn, where two, two, six. Oh, that's six. right. I knew I was okay. It's it's Lance Lynn. Okay, there we go. But number fun, oh well, the real fun one. Number two, Robbie Ray, two eighty. Robbie Ray, our boy, second in the American League in ERA right Unreal, now. Like, like that's how insane. Robbie Ray, what a god! It's oh insane. Otani doesn't technically qualify. I don't think he's made enough mm. starts for earned run average according to Baseball Reference. But he's at like a two nine three. Garakol's at like a three eleven. He's been going the opposite way since uh, mm -hmm. since uh, you know the crackdown. So. I definitely think Otani's winning MVP. If he wasn't a pitcher, I would probably give it to Vlad Guerrero Jr. But since he does pitch, it's going to Otani. And I think Tatis is probably taking home the NL MVP award also. And right before we go, Javi, real quick, any chance Joe Musgrove has a hot end to the season, takes home the Cy Young? 
No, I don't think he's taking on the Cy Young. I mean, he would have to have, we've mentioned his name enough times, but he'd have to have like a Jake Arrieta stretch. He'd have to have a Jack Flaherty, a more recent example type of stretch where he just goes absolutely nuts at the end of the year. Um, If there was like some sort of most improved player, uh, that could probably be something for um, Joe Musgrove to be in contention for, because this Mm. is after all, like a guy that they, again, he wasn't, they didn't really give up too much for him. I mean, it's not like he was some expected to be this amazing uh, for the team, not to mention the no hitters, the great moments, San Diego native and all that stuff, but maybe like a most improved sort of thing. Maybe if we want to make our own alternative awards, uh, that could be a thing. But otherwise I think the only Padre that really has a chance of that is Tatis, unless Manny Machado, who's had a very great season, um, unless he comes in and does like a really nuts type of stretch. Cause he hasn't had like the, the blitz, you know, blitzkrieg. I don't know what I was going to say that like just <laughs> yeah. an absolute like ultimate, you know, like rampage moment. Like Tatis has had those, those week and a half stretch where you're like, Oh my God, like Machado hasn't had like the Joey Votto streak. He hasn't had the, you know, uh, Kyle Schwarber type of streak. And that's fine. He's still been great. Like make no mistake about that. Have a piece coming about him. That, um, uh, this week for a website, mm. uh, just baseball. Everybody tune in for that. Hopefully, it's out really? by the time you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's basically it for the Padres. Maybe you get a couple Gold Glove contenders. Maybe Trent Grisham up there in defensive runs saved from what I checked, and Jake Cronenworth could definitely be considered. Maybe not leader in the biggest range factor and all the advanced stats, defensive runs, ultimate zone rating, but you combine the fact that he is still pretty high up in those categories with the versatility and the fact that he plays a bunch of different places. That might uh, net him uh, some looking into, I think. So we'll have to see how it all pans out. I'm guessing you don't have Hassan Kim as rookie of the year. <sighs> Uncalled for. Uncalled <laughs> for. Right. Uncalled for, man. I've got fall. I, I, hey, that's another interesting race, too, between Jonathan India and Trevor Rogers. I can't wait to see uh, how that pans out. I can't wait to see. And if you need to go see or if you need to place a bet on it, just check out Bet Online. We're not here to do a live read, just a quick shout out. Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padre. Just please, the listeners, they're they very forgetful. Where can they go find you? Uh, you can find me at Javapeno on Twitter, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then you can find the Twitter page for the show, the Lockdown Padres account, at L-O underscore Padres. Got good memes on both of those uh, little Twitter pages. I've been tweeting for my personal a little bit less lately. I'll get back mm. onto that, though, soon. But don't worry, uh, all sorts of content, especially for this last leg of the season. And yeah, if, sometimes I tweet about video games too. If you care about that, I'm playing this this wow. one game Miller Dodgeball Academia. About to okay. get that. It sounds fun. I'm a big dodgeball guy. Big big dodgeball guy. So my literal like peak of my high school career involved dodgeball. So I'm very <laughs> okay. much excited to play this. Uh, so look out for that stuff, I guess, guys. All right, we'll be on the lookout for that. Dodgers, or excuse me, not Dodgers. D-backs, the team that brings <laughs> the Padres back. Who knew? All right, wow. Abby. who knew javi thanks for hopping on today we know you're a busy man i'll catch you next time sir it's uh it's been a lot of fun man as always adios and zip zip to do that boy go everybody that about does it for my chat with miller thomas of locked on diamondbacks look guys what can i say had to let the man gloat you know what i mean we're just talking about a bunch of stuff um one more thing before we kind of close this old podcast out guys betting on the padres it doesn't have to be a guessing game Honestly, lately, I feel like you could just bet on them to lose and they keep losing and you'll probably win money for it. But anyway, if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, you can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag 
wherever you get your podcast. Those guys are killing it. In terms of the future of this podcast, don't know exactly what I'm doing for next week. Sorry for my voice today. I'm, again, I'm just feeling a little bit sick, uh, just a little annoyed. Uh, don't worry, I'm fine. It was. It's not even that I'm sick. It's just that I did this like nasal spray thing, and it's just been killing me all morning. So sorry that I wanted to go to sleep last night at at two o'clock instead of uh, filming my podcast. Apparently, so I paid for that. Do this nasal spray this morning. But anyway, um. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with Dan Wilson of Lockdown Phillies to preview this upcoming Phillies series. That'll be tomorrow's episode entirely because there is an off day. And I recommend everyone today, spend your off day thinking about anything but Padres baseball. That's what I would do. I'm, I'm watching Freaks and Geeks. I'm watching some Seinfeld. I'm watching some One Piece. I'm playing Dodgeball Academia. I might finish up the new Ratchet and Clank game, which I still haven't finished. And I'm so upset about that. Uh, that's what I'm going to be doing today. Hopefully after I'm done with work. So uh, I hope you guys do your own comfort foods the same. I also watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid last night, which was absolutely awesome. A famous movie, I know, but I finally saw it. Uh, just iconic. I, oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good, especially for an old movie. It was really great. But anyway, uh, yeah. With that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the pod drains themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And if you feel so inclined, please give me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app. And in the review description, if you'd like to have your questions answered on the show, well, that's a guaranteed way to do it. Put in a, a little question in the review section, and I guarantee you I will answer it here on the show. Remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.